I've been worried. <laughs> Don't laugh at me, you son of a bitch. I've been worried I've been drinking too much, Max, lately. Um, not in any bad way, necessarily. There's no adverse effects. I guess my problem is just like, you know, whiskey kept me regulated. Whiskey was like, sit down. You've had enough. Like with vodka, which I've switched to recently just for no sugar purposes. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that, that you've, you've been on a vodka kick lately. That's purely dietary. Yeah, I mean, you know me. I'm a whiskey man. All I want to do is drink that Scottish shit all day, all right? Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where, like, that also regulates me in a way. Vodka scares me because I feel like um, I'm a superhero when I drink it. Like, like and it's, it is much that I can drink twice as much vodka and not die the way that I would drink with uh, whiskey. And that it's scary, man. It's, it's, it's like it's, it's bringing out that addict, uh, the gambler's addict thing, you know? Like, I'm a, I got a hit on a dealer's soft 17 because, like, how much can I get away with drinking? That's I mean, at. at that point, is it not just, like, might as well just go back to the whiskey, right? What do you mean? Why? Well, because the whiskey, you, like you said, it's self-regulating. Like you, you, you're gonna stop at some point. Like well, point with, is, with the vodka. I don't stop with the vodka, and I'm fine. <laughs> like I'm. Just you're gonna turn into a Russian man. Well, they like, got bears. They got like pet bears and shit. They're just chilling. Like that's not something you want to emulate. You're saying that like it's a virtue. We've what? talked about pet bears on this program. We've talked yeah. about why it's a bad idea. I know it's one of your dreams, just like me flying a helicopter is my dream. But we both know neither is going to happen, man. Yours like is, you can't have. At least yours is attainable, Max. I mean, you just like you could take pilot lessons. You could you could make a make a wish foundation. They could like let you hold a dummy stick. You know? Like I pretend to like be dying or something, and I can. <laughs> well, I didn't know if I was going to commit fraud to a fucking charitable organization, but since you mentioned it. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> I'll pretend that I'm a sick and dying child. Well, that's the kind of thing that like, Michael Bay would make into a movie later on. You know what I mean? Like a true story of just despicable people. <laughs> and it's like pain and gain part two. And it's just yeah. about me. And I like get Tom Cruise, give me pilot lessons or something. Does Tom Cruise know how to fly? Travolta, man. Travolta is the pilot. No, right? Tom Cruise is a fucking pilot, dude. Like, you know, fallout. Is that hold hold on? Is that like a thing with all Scientologists that you become a pilot on the side? Like because Travolta be. owns a, a seven forty seven, man. Yeah, no. Uh, Tom Cruise is all about being a pilot, dude. Um, he he legit like took like combat uh helicopter piloting lessons okay. to to learn how to fly in uh, Fallout. Like all those scenes of him flying around the mountains and shit. He was doing all those maneuvers himself. He was actually flying that helicopter. That can't and be real. Cl- that's actually real. Okay. Do you not you you've heard of Tom Cruise, right? You know the, the crazy <laughs> shit he does. He's a yeah, suicidal maniac that films himself year after year trying to top <laughs> more and more dangerous stunts and you can't believe that he learned to fly a helicopter. I guess I'm more incredulous from the aspect of filming that sequence, right? Like, like you think that they like just didn't turn the camera on, they just told him that they were going to film it. Like, yeah, yeah I mean, Tom. Too many variables, man. Oh man, no no actor would ever do this. You're you're a legend, Tom. And they're like, we're not going to film this. Yeah, shit. we're not going to use any of this. So, <laughs> <laughs> have fun. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I'm amazed by it. I don't put it past him. I just, I guess I'm saying like, yeah, like, how do you film that in a manner that makes sense? And I mean, this is a guy that, you know, actually climbed the Burj Khalifa and strapped himself to the side of an airplane while it was taking off. They let him do that. I like how it's a permission thing. Like, you know that he has to do a lot worse all the time, but this is the shit they're like, okay, I guess. Like, did you ask your dad? Sure, I guess we can do it. What do you think? He's just like, he's just a child, man. You know, like, it really, like, I, like that's, an emotional child or a real child? Well, maybe a little bit of both. Maybe it's like a weird big situation, you know? Like, oh, shit. Or like, like a, Jack with Robin Williams. He's going to fucking, that one's horrifying. Hold on. Can we just step off the Tom Cruise of it for it all to just talk about a movie that I think yeah. single handedly ruined Coppola's? Yeah, why was Coppola legacy? directing that film? What was he yeah, doing? Coppola did fucking The Godfather, Apocalypse Now. The Conversation is a wonderful film. Rumblefish, man. Like Rumblefish. Was it Peggy Sue? Is that Peggy? Did he do Peggy, that one? Peggy Sue got married. Tucker, Man in His Dream. Arguably, The Outsiders is a classic. I hate it, but whatever. I'm a it's Rumblefish a classic. guy. Yeah, I'm a Rumblefish yeah. guy all the way. That movie doesn't get enough love. We should talk about that one day. We will. But neither, neither here nor there. Then he goes and does Jack, and then he does Godfather Part 3. 
It's like, what was he doing? Well, I think Godfather so Part many... Three was before Jack. To be fair, he tried was, to go for the. It was in that story. early half '90s era where everything was just shitty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that movie has a lot of weird implications, right? Well, like, well, a lot of things have a lot of one. Bill Cosby in a supporting role, just hanging out with a lot of kids. I guess he's uh, not a kid molester, but that's still something. He's I still would a bad influence, probably at, at the very least, right? <laughs> He's not bringing a lot of core values to the table. Just uh. pretending to. But I mean, just like I remember a scene in it. I haven't, it's been a while since I've seen it, but isn't there a scene where Robin Williams, like, because he looks like, you know, a middle aged man, but right. he's actually like 12, right. he goes into a store and gets some like porno mags and some beer for all of his 12 year old friends. And then it's just a scene of actual middle aged Robin Williams, like, looking at porn with some kids and drinking beer. I mean, listen, man, he wasn't a national treasure. And I think like whatever he needed to do to get the scene, we just kind of like, <laughs> you know, he fought for this country. Did you ever see Good Morning Vietnam? Every goddamn day at 6 a.m., man. He woke those troops up with something to hope for, Max. And you're over here every, casting every, dispersions. Every Robin Williams movie is actually, I mean, you know, I, I do forget sometimes that the roles that he played like that was things he actually that did was in his life. real life yeah yeah <laughs> he was he was not an actor he was the, the greatest documentarian subject ever and yeah people just followed him from one perfect he was a doctor with no with a clown nose you know like he did it at all. some point yeah he was patch adams he was fucking around being um a flubber. crazy homeless man he was also an inventor with flubber who could forget the classic flubber well, you bring up an interesting point with the, uh, so sorry to take away from the jovial remembrance of Robin Williams and take it to a sad uh, downward spiral of human history, but they were talking, there's this, this whole uh, study that came out that said the early, the earliest age now where like kids see porn, right? Like, and I'm talking about real porn, not none of this Cinemax shit, all right? We're talking like oh, some okay. hardcore shit, as now is seven years old, man. Like Holy and to give shit, some context, right. to, to give some context, our generation, right? The the, yeah. the, the the we're technically on the cusp of millennials. Millennials is a weirdly vaguely defined thing, but mm-hmm. generally it's like eighty seven to ninety eight. Those oh, are like millennial proper. S- yeah. Somebody told me that the invention of the iPhone was the the line of demarcation between millennials and Generation Zers, and I was like, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I mean, again, it's such a tenuous fucking you know line in the sand. It's a subjective thing that we agree upon, I guess. Mm-hmm. But still, the idea is like our age, right? I was born in nineteen ninety. You as well. Uh, yep. And like, the average age was twelve years old. I, I, I'm not saying like that that's a good time to see hardcore shit, but I will also say that your brain is certainly more fucking developed than that seven years old. Yeah, seven years old, you don't understand what the fuck you're seeing, right? Well, that's my point. Like, I guess you can, in theory, internalize it and know what you're seeing, but you don't understand the dramatic weight of it. It's like, you know, right. when like, 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 like a, a teacher fucks a 15 year old student. And the, there's the weird double standard that we have about that, where like if it's a male student, it's somehow okay. But everybody's it's still, like clapping him on the back, like "Good for you, guy." Well, it's yeah. abuse. It's fucked up psychological abuse. And right. no matter how because, again, his think brain you are, is not fully formed yet. Right. It's it's yeah. a scary fucking weird thing to me, and I'm just like, okay, so you're going from twelve, which I'm like, all right, like I guess is a little bit better to <laughs> seven. It's just like, holy shit, man, that's that's scary. It's and I think it, it, you know we talked about sad porn a couple days ago, <laughs> a couple episodes uh-huh. ago or whatever. But I think that that's like where sad porn comes is like the idea that we feel shame when something like that happens. These fuckers who see it at that early a, of an age, it just gets really fucking spooky. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay uh i'll take that from the beginning uh it, it just like when you see it at that early of an age it creates this really spooky unrealistic expectation of like women sex relationships with women how you're supposed to treat them and i i'm a little i'm a little fucking horrified about the next generation man to be honest like it's weird that we're at this like cusp of a, a feminist movement and you know equality is at a fever pitch but I think yeah. that the dudes who are coming up uh, are not woke at all. <laughs> like, you think that it's going to be like a whole like generation of incels or something? I kind of do, man. I think I think that that's why it's really important for us to do some good. Like our like you know the Ocasio Cortezes who are now the twenty nine year olds who are getting into office. We yeah. got like a fifteen year window where we can 
do some shit that might get these fuckers not power like that's the thing i'm so scared about is just like i think our generation even though we're fucked up or the last generation that's like yeah i don't care take more of my money to feed people that's fine you know what i mean like maybe i don't know i think that the younger generations so far have been you know pretty pretty on the level from what i've seen yeah but the younger generation you're referring to are teenagers now i'm talking about the people who are seven years old now oh growing up where their first president in memory is trump yeah yeah well, on, on the on the other hand, though, um, you know, it'll cut down on birth rates. Population won't be a problem, so that'll help. <laughs> birth control, like the condom industries, the fucking birth control industries. Like, well, we can't get... Yeah, we the- won't even need a fucker like Thanos, you know, to fucking do some resource control. Right. We'll just have it in our population. It'll be baked in. Porn saved the day again. High five. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing that porn can't do, all right? I, we don't talk about it enough. We don't lay our fucking lives on the line of porn, but we well, should. Well, speaking of which, like, I, I was reading something on AV Club about how Pornhub is doing, like, something to save the bees right now. <laughs> because so only there, they there's can. that. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Like, think about that. Like, because I, of course, I know they porn- had, like, a tree planting initiative a few years back, too. For every, like, million views, they planted a tree or something. You know, a couple of weeks back, I was yelling. I got really depressed because I was just like, you know, if just a couple billionaires decided they wanted to change the world, they could. The truth is, like Pornhub, more than anyone, I think, I think yeah. could really change the world. If only they're like, listen, we got to retain carbon dioxide levels to where we were in 1977. Until then, no porn. And yeah. Just take it all away, man. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure Pornhub has done more for humanity than Jeff Bezos has. So that's something. That's a controversial statement. <laughs> like they're busting in like Secret Service, the Secret Police, Jeff Bezos, so I fucking Gestapo. I take it back. Door. You're great. You're great, Jeff. If you're listening, he's um, a scary dude, man. No, he's wonderful. What are you talking about? <laughs> he's done nothing for humanity, but he's wonderful. All right. Like, no, I mean it's an interesting role, the responsibility. Like it's weird that 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 the porn hubs of the world have, are more of Andrew Carnegie than like Tesla or, or not Tesla. The who's the guy who thinks he's Tesla? The uh, Elon Musk. Elon right? Musk, that uh, fucking deranged prick. Was he deranged? What do you know about him? He's well, he's bipolar, which isn't his fault, but like he's he's <laughs> yeah. kind of a fucking asshole. Do you, are like, you sure it's not the other side of him that's the asshole? What other the other side? Yeah, because he's bipolar. Maybe one of his polars is really nice. Is that how it works? I don't know. Is that how it works? You're bipolar. You're just Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, well, pretty it's much. Polar po- poles, <laughs> polarity. Like I, I'm, I'm just going where it makes sense. Is this like the first book in Harry Potter where the guy turns around and he's got Voldemort's face <laughs> on the back? Professor Quill. Yeah. <laughs> Well, at my point, it's like it wouldn't be polar opposites if it was just like a nice guy and then a slightly less nice guy. <laughs> like, I assume he's got to be a rotten bastard, man. Well, I mean, I, I know that he like tweets a bunch of erratic shit and he got removed from Tesla, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, for, he, like, he got rid of for misleading the shareholders, I thought, or something. Yeah. Weird. I don't know. I've I've heard some some shady shit, but whatever. He's fine. He's he's an egomaniac. He works hard. He's he's been sending cars into outer space for some reason. Um, kind of like that. That's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was the turning point. Listen, I was Just running. a billionaire shooting a car into space. Well, I was thinking. I was literally to the benefit of no one. <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> I was gonna make the point that like this guy once said like, hey anyone in flint i'll clean your water <laughs> like he was just sitting on the technology at any point did he do it no but <laughs> Max, he shot a car into space like what what else do you want from the man he, he also did make uh flamethrowers commercially available for 500 dollars. that's kind of that's that's useful man like, <laughs> let's be real <laughs> How many times have you been like, listen, I gotta, I gotta fucking like, you don't live zero. You live in the north now, but for the first twenty five years of your fucking precious life, twenty seven, twenty eight years, I don't know when you moved here. I feel like it's been a long time, but you've been living in the south where it never snows and everything's all fine. You know Mm -hmm. how nice it would be just to fucking light up your driveway. You don't gotta shovel that bitch. You don't gotta salt it. You just flamethrower it, man. Well, I mean, I lived through a winter up here. I never once had to shovel anything because I rent. Yeah, but what if you could help that poor old lady that you live with just flamethrower that bitch right outside her door? I mean, she can ask me if she wants help. She hasn't asked me yet, so it's not my problem. 
That's upset. You don't want to take the initiative. You're just a whole, you're a fucking nation of I, hamlets. Just you know waiting. what? I, I take initiative every day at work. I get paid to do that. And then I go home and um, I, I get to be a selfish bastard. Do you think, I, I want to I get philo, philo, uh, philosophical for a second, just because of what you said, which is interesting, which is like, you've told me on this podcast before that you have gained a greater amount of humanity in terms of being able to relate with people because mm-hmm. you are a manager, because that is your job, because you're kind of forced to have empathy and stuff like that. Do yeah. you think that that stuff, like the the, the um, wage slave, so to speak, not in as much that you're thinking, but just in the idea that like you are paid to be a better person than you have to be in your personal life. Does that, do you think that at any part of that that gives you less patience in your everyday life? Like there's no incentive to be nice. You're not getting paid for that shit. You know what I mean? Like, Honestly, no, it's not about incentivization. Like I was saying that for comedic effect, but like the whole building well, empathy. Don't think about it, yourself. Think about it in a macro socioeconomical like, you know, point of view. Like maybe the point is people think that they have to be their best version of themselves, the most patient version of themselves, the kindest version of themselves, because there's a paycheck on the line, not because there's any, like, you know, like I think that's the thing about God being dead to in most people. Like, yeah, they're still believers, but, you know, the atheist rates have gone through the roots, uh, roof in the last couple of years because I think it's like, yeah, there's no morality. People were being nice because they thought they had to be accountable to a fucking all-seeing dude. You know what I mean? Like, now you take that away, the God is capitalism, is the dollar, is the paycheck, right? Does that make sense? Um. So your original question being... <laughs> it's all tangentially linked, man. You just have to follow me, all right? I'm living in Vaca logic at this point. <laughs> I'm living in monster logic. I'm trying to get to the other end of the pole. I'm getting to the other polarity yeah. here. Um, <laughs> we're going to be two sides of the same coin here, if I can. Um, so, But to your original question, so I'm going to make a distinction here. And sure. I think what I said before wasn't that it helped me develop empathy. The empathy was already there. What it helped me develop was patience. Um, And in the workplace, you need to be patient, especially if you're a supervisor of people. Uh, In life, like to my friends, to the people I care about, yeah, like, I mean, you know me, you're my friend. Would you say that I'm a pretty like empathetic, patient person? Or do you think I'm a a dick um, all the time? I I don't know if this is the best place to, to air this grievance, but no, no, obviously I think, I think you're wonderful, man. I think uh, that's the thing. Like I look at you as a, um, as a slightly less perfect Kermit, you know what I mean? Like you have uh, and that's a compliment. You know how I feel about Kermit. I know you, you fucking love Kermit. Uh, you are, you have this, this real capacity to be, to be patient and to be kind and to be offering. And, it, and it's something that I, in my mind, I know that I am like when the chips are down, if you need someone to be there, like I can be that guy, but I will bitch the entire way. It'll be ruined. My kind act will be ruined by the fact that I remind you that I'm doing a kind <laughs> act every five minutes. Right. So uh, that, that's my only thing. But yes, absolutely. You, you're an empathetic person. Yeah. So I, I would say that outside of work though, like there are people at work that I have to be patient with that outside of work, I would not be patient with. Um, so that, that's really just the difference there. I, I can't speak for other people. Like I've seen managers there that will be, you know, grit their teeth through interactions and then talk mad shit about people with like no empathy whatsoever. Um, And then people that are just generally good and be like, yeah, well, they're going through some stuff right now. We'll see that. I don't know. I don't know if that in any way answers your question. I think people, it depends on the person. I saw this Kleenex commercial once. This is related, I promise. Um, But I saw this Kleenex commercial once that was about this like, old dude in North Carolina who didn't seem highly educated, but he was a custodian at an elementary school and Uh he took such pride in like cleaning that elementary school because those kids needed to come to a clean place where they lit, where they could learn. Uh, And I cried for 20 minutes, Max, (laughs) because I'm fucked up because like that is so beautiful to me. It's someone who will never achieve importance on the on the world scale no one will ever remember his name when he's gone but people will carry that with him i mean that i think the other thing that made me really sad is like other than maybe one or two kids no one none of those kids will ever appreciate it i was the weird kid in middle school who knew all the custodians maybe it's because they were spanish and like i felt some weird kinship with them and they were there every day and shit like that but like i knew all of them by name my fucking middle school morenin middle school custodian guy was named louis mohican that was his fucking name, man. Hell yeah. 
Yeah, and I just remember he was a good fucking dude, and like he might be dead for all I know now because he was in his fifties then, and you know maybe life expectancy isn't kind to Louis Mohicans and shit. But it was still the idea that just like I I I wonder if we're running out of those people who take just pride in their ownership of their job right like yeah they didn't write the great american novel yeah they didn't make anything that will last the sands of time but while they were here they took such pride and such ownership over this position and 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 it changed lives whether those lives ever acknowledged it and i think like i think we're running out of those people i think those people are becoming extinct that's kind of my point about the is the dollar kind of like is that going to be the God that we worship at some point where it's not about the advancement of people anymore? Am I fucking up? I could just be emotional. I'm drunk a little. I mean, this is very possible. <laughs> like, well, no, I, I wanted to follow you on this line of, of, of logic here. So like, are you saying that in some, because I feel like this podcast, since we started this episode in particular yeah. has been kind of like governed by your fear of the new generation coming up <laughs> and what so they're scared. lacking. I'm so scared. Um, what 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 is what's driving this fear? Like, what are you seeing in your life that that's making you say these things? Because I can tell you, I've you know just in managing people, I meet a lot of fucking people, um, and I've met a lot of young people. I've met a lot of middle aged people. I've met a lot of older people, and age doesn't really seem to be a fucking factor in work ethic. It just depends on the person. Like, I've met nineteen year olds that are like some of the hardest working fucking people I've ever met that take supreme ownership, that are very intelligent, that are compassionate, et cetera. I've met some 19 year olds that are pieces of shit, um, but I, I don't really see generational trends there. I, I that You would have a better example of that. That's the truth, man. Like I, I told you in a couple episodes ago, I'm the old guy in the office and by old, I'm 29. Like I'm not old, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, especially I hate to be the generic, like, oh, forties, thirties, the new four or whatever the fuck it is, forties, the new 30, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just, it's one of those things where I'm not really worried about it that much. It's just my experience with the younger generation. It's not that they're any less hardworking. Mm-hmm. It's just that there are pitfalls that, like, I'm thinking about people now when I was their age where I'd be like, you don't know shit, you're old. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just like, no, they were right. And we didn't listen. We didn't heed that fucking warning in time. Uh, and and, and it, that's what makes me really kind of scared about all of it was, it's just like, we're not able to put aside differences now. Like we're already dealing with this generational battle between fucking, and I hate to make it political, but you know what I'm saying? Like we have a real existential threat to not just the liberty and sovereignty of the country, but just like the ideals that we, we used to pretend we believed in. Mm. And now we're too busy fighting with each other over people who are decent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I so, was so really- now you're saying that it's time to make America great again this is how it happened i bet you trump was a staunch liberal but through the time loop causality (laughs) he ended up on the other side no i i you know i i'm not trying to be that guy i mean i think there's a lot to be optimistic about i think the fact that you said that you've met 19 year olds who have incredible work ethic i know a 22 year old personally i've just met in the last year i work with them and they're they're so fucking wonderful and Mm -hmm. so hardworking, and so that gives me a brief respite from my otherwise ongoing eternal fucking sadness about the world i I mean like again like the generation our generation and working backwards from that think about the debt that they're inheriting think about like the climate that they're inheriting think about the country and the state of politics that they're inheriting right like they're walking into a fucking shit show and also on top of that they're growing up with technology that is not optional anymore. Like it's given important at seven, man. It's given important at seven, but like it's essential to have a fucking phone on you at all times for communication, for accessing information, for whatever. And like there's plenty of data to show that having that and living and living through that and seeing the world through that lens makes people depressed, makes people feel isolated and all of that. Um I don't know. Like I, I feel like this whole like I don't want to ever fall into the trap of blaming a younger generation or uh, looking at a young generation and and fearing that generation. I fear for them more than I fear them. And it's like, I, I, I also feel like the, the older generations feared us too, you know, and the generations before them feared them. Like it's always, we're always seeing like fucking the doom written in the stars and everything. Um, but I really think that that's just our fear of getting older and being left behind leave me behind that would be great (laughs) i'm not that's not my issue man uh my issue just has a lot more to do and maybe it's something that's always existed 
I mm-hmm. this would be weird. I saw a video of people walking out of the Phantom Menace the other day. <laughs> and people loved it people were like this is the greatest star wars film ever conceived like and i'm sitting here just being like fuck me maybe it's always existed maybe the idea is that like you can be wrong about some art and still be kind of smart when it comes to like not being shitty to people you know what i mean like for some reason the fact that everyone loves avengers endgame has made me really depressed about the future of this country like those two are intrinsically linked man and we'll talk about it on our other podcast in a little bit but it really is the idea that like we can't see past certain things i I, i'm not hating on anyone younger i don't think am i is this a get off my lawn situation like what do you think a little bit like it might be um uh, or the very least like i'm not really sure what you're saying i guess is what i'm saying but it, it seems like what you're saying is like a younger generation uh they're looking at porn at seven and um, I really fear for okay, like, well, the loss me, of me, values. Let me let me drunkenly make this coherent for everyone. Okay. okay? Uh, the porn at seven thing scares me in terms of how we view and treat women. Uh, I made a point earlier that like we're at the top of the feminist movement. I think I think right now you have more visibility. You have more women who are running for office. You have a lot more, which is wonderful. I think the problem is our generation. We at least got to twelve before the hardcore porn thing was a thing. Where like you, for better or for worse. I mean, like no, we're laughing about it, but like for better or for worse, I think hardcore porn is a real like like it, it, that's your bar mitzvah for non-Jewish people, <laughs> like because you're just like, well, we can't go back now, yeah. <laughs> like. And I, and I think that that's like a real line in the sand where it's just like, okay, now you start to see women like they may have been your friend in class, but some part of you biologically is now like that is something to be conquered. And I think that's this this, this weird dichotomy that like, no, they're human beings. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's this mm-hmm. prescriptive thing. Like, yes, yeah, sex is a part, a part of life, but it's not this thing that should dominate life. That's the weird thing about it where I'm just like, how, how are they going to treat women? Like our generation, I think we're okay. I do. Also, I appreciate you opening that bottle below the mic. It still picked up, Max. But, but it wasn't like a thunderous gonna blow out the speakers. Two wears my burritos in a row, man. <laughs> we got you opening a fucking thing. I wish no. it was alcohol because then I would be like, you're the problem. The person. You know what? If we were recording these at like you know one a.m., I wouldn't need be. these. I wouldn't right. be opening <laughs> these. So. But you 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 kind of see where what I'm saying? It's like, I'm oh yeah, no, I, I get the porn that. thing, but but the other point loss of values is well no i i yeah that's not that i will come off as a get off my lawn guy i don't think they've lost value so much as i think that they are so entrenched in their values that they're not seeing pragmatism i don't know what great philosopher it was maybe it was Kant, but someone was like yo the greatest amount of good for the greatest amount of people i know it's a fucked up thing to say right like but when it comes to the idea of just like yo i mean hillary man i didn't like her but fuck me, we would be just in a better position in a world if she had won, if we had decided to pull the trigger for someone that didn't agree, align with everything that we had said, but agree, align with most of it, certainly more than the person who took over. And so that's my big concern, which is just like, I love values. Don't be so entrenched in them that you will let fellow brothers and sisters suffer. That's where I'm coming from, man. Okay. That's all? Wait, wait who, who are we letting suffer, though? Uh, well, like brown people, like uh, the, the fact that I have people fucking telling me like, oh, it's uh, we didn't need Hillary to win. It's OK. We'll suffer through four years of Trump so we can get the next person. And I'm sitting here being like, that is uh, no offense. The epitome of white fucking privilege, like the idea that you think we can sit out four years while fucking brown people are being persecuted while we're being stuck out in the you know, detained in the border and separated from families and shit like yeah. that. Like, like that's my issue with it, which is like, well, I'll tell you right now, Hillary would have won. I may not agree with everything, but we wouldn't have families being separated. You know what I mean? Like right. that's my fucking point. That's my line in the sand, which is just like, you're not always going to win. So just fucking halfway win. <laughs> like a half win is better than a full loss. And I feel like these people haven't gotten that. And maybe that's rude. Maybe that's fucked up. Maybe it's not young kids. Maybe it's not 18 year olds. Maybe it's fucking 28, 29 year olds. Like I was 26 when that election happened. I know plenty of people who are my age who refuse to pull the trigger for Hillary. So maybe it's unfair to say that it's those kids. You know what I mean? But it still makes me worried about people who are young in general. And in 2016, I still consider myself young. <laughs> and I don't mm-hmm. now, which is fucked up. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I feel old sometimes. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm not really worried about the younger generation, man. Like, I'm, I'm wor- again, I'm worried for them. But I, I think that they're, they're fine. They, they're dealing with a lot. They're going through a lot, you know, right. emotionally, um, mentally. 
uh, with changing philosophically. economy man. think about this changing like, economy it's retracting it's contracting well, it's also transitioning to con- exactly contract uh, like that's the big fucking weird thing that's an advent of these new kids right like they're living in a world where the gig economy reverse not the hiring rather but you being available to be hired is the standard right like we were talking about this right beforehand. You're thinking about getting rid of your car because you're like, look, I live in Brooklyn. Public transport is fine. Like, why do mm-hmm. I need this? If I want to take an Uber to work, I can do that and it'll cost me less, right? That's like a real fucking point of it. So I, I, I think that like the, the new kids are dealing with a lot of fucking bullshit, a lot of stuff that's yeah. unfamiliar, it's unshaky, it's untested. And I think that they... <sighs> fucked man i'm sorry <laughs> I, I think we got 50 years left i'm just gonna put it out there i think we're done man i think it's oh ready. humanity is a, is a race yeah, uh, i'm ready species. i'm ready you're, you're ready i'm ready man you're ready for us to be done i'm ready because i don't think we've done anything worth it i think that like you know 50 years ago we landed on the fucking moon max okay like that happened uh like three weeks ago we didn't even mention it how, how much uh, news coverage did you see of people being like, hey, we landed on the moon 50 years ago? Not a lot. I, I've just been reading about Game of Thrones. <laughs> I haven't been following anything else. 50 years ago, we as a species left our fucking planet and landed on a different terrestrial plane, and we are too busy reading about yeah, fucking we already, Game of Thrones. Yeah, we already did it. I got to keep up on all the hot takes on whether Tyrion is the same character he was when he started. Answer <laughs> is no. Um, you know, I got to keep up with the hot takes about the female representation, how it treats, you know, the characters of color, etc. Not well, by the way. Um, you know, like, how else am I going to keep up on all of my opinions for this show if I don't read them first? Um, also, uh, fucking Game of Thrones. I'm tired of talking about it. Why did I bring it up? Yeah, why do you, I have no idea. I'm talking about the moon landing. I'm talking about not a celebration well, if, of our technological uh, advancements. And uh, Yeah, I mean, the news cycle's fucked. You know, we're all fucked probably. But in the meantime, we might as well enjoy it, right? I mean, you you're, you're still making plans. You haven't given up. You haven't cashed in all your chips yet. You're, you're, you're still well, thinking no. like, hey, I'm going to move to LA. I'm going to do yeah, this. Yeah, because I figure we got 50 years left. So I'll be, you know, I'll be 79. I should at least be mm. rich in between that, you know, like, but. Right. Uh, I don't trust it. Man. Don't, you, you don't trust it. Here, here's my question if you think we're doomed why make art do you think that art is something that should be expressed from within or do you think that art is something that uh that like that's your legacy like that's making something that, art that, in the that hopes. helps you last i'm making art in the hopes much like the paintings on a fucking cave that it can somehow give some perspective into anything mm. that's considered human you know what I'm so saying? like the the ai robots like from the movie ai directed by steven spielberg like two thousand years from now when they evolve past anything we understand we'll find like your art or my art or anybody nice. else's art and they'll be like hey this is what people were up to well i mean that's a good thought unless it's something <laughs> fucked up <laughs> like, or they'll like, be imagine, like burn it well like think, think, think about not like compute if the only representation of humanity was like you know the three episodes avengers of, endgame oh. well, it like, say, like yeah sure or like saved by the <laughs> bell or like or like anything that's fucked up you know that's right. not the best representation of humanity we but that's like Bernie's, all that survives like, like all the files get corrupted except for a couple episodes of saved by the bell right, yeah war and peace gone <laughs> fucking you know <laughs> i don't know everything the Odyssey. they build a, a shrine to to shriek or whatever his name was oh, isn't that his name really. shriek I believe I don't know. I'm fucked up. Is it Justin <laughs> Bell's name? Uh, I hear Justin Bell is a crazy asshole now too. Screech, man, not shriek. What the fuck? Oh, <laughs> Screech. <laughs> I mean, it's it's roughly it's an Justin annoying noise. Diamond. Who's Justin Bell? Let's talk oh, about- Justin Diamond. I don't Who know. Dustin Bell. This is so much more amazing to me. I, was I don't a- know. Oh, Dustin Diamond. Not yeah, even Justin Dustin. Amethyst or something. Like you would got to at least know. <laughs> like- uh, yeah, Dustin Diamond. Um, yeah, cra- crazy. Mo- I think he got arrested at some point. I don't really know. Stab somebody, man. Uh, he stabbed somebody. Yeah, man. He had to. How do you know so much about Dustin Diamond? I don't know. He stabbed somebody. It was in the news cycle because we don't talk about the fucking moon landing. We talk about Dustin Diamond, someone who has not been in a production since like 2002 or some shit. I mean, I'm sorry, but we already went to the moon guy. Like, what's the big deal? 
it's the idea that we did something that was bigger than any one nation. It was a unifying moment. I like we watched that first man movie and it's stupid to say that I was moved by it, but I was, I was just like, all right, listen, man, like this was a moment singularly yeah. in history where it wasn't about an American flag or a Russian flag or any of that shit. It was the idea that we came out of the fucking oceans, Max, and somehow mm -hmm. we didn't have hands. We had phalanges and somehow that turned into hands and opposable thumbs we used that fucking thumb to pick up some mushrooms. We got stoned as fuck. And that became the NASA program somehow. I'm skipping some steps, obviously. But my point is, like, we, we did something that's incredible. If you think about the entire course of human history, it's like, dude, we've done some shit, man. The world is 4.5 billion years old. Or, no, 14 billion years old. The Earth is 4.6 billion years old. And in a million years, we went from fucking sea creatures to getting to the moon. It's amazing. It's like one of the most incredible things that you could ever conceive. And I think the problem is we don't think of ourselves as animals. We think of ourselves as uh, little God miniatures, right? Like God created mm -hmm. us in, a, in our own will. And so I think like better or for worse, that it's is the, the thing that we instinctually think of still, that we are removed from, from animals. It's think the about curse this. of self-awareness, my friend. Well, it, again, like with the Planet of the Apes movies, by the way, Fire Trilogy, except for that first one, but the second and third one are real great. You know what I mean? I, I'm looking at it like, think about if they achieved what we achieved in a million years. If you said in a million years, apes will create Netflix, <laughs> they'll get to the moon. <laughs> I love that in the pantheon of human achievement, you're including Netflix. Netflix is first. First, then the moon. <laughs> Not even like the cure for fucking first. polio or anything or like Fuck it. Whatever. antibiotics. Netflix skyscrapers no netflix <laughs> that's my point though it's just like come on man you told me that's not a, a human achievement like come on it is technically an achievement by people yes <laughs> i'm just saying we need more perspective like if monkeys <laughs> created netflix. what would monkey netflix look like i just want to know what monkey pop culture the would be point is it would be the exact same would there be like thing? oh it would be the exact yeah, same thing no, because they have to be it in would be alien culture right wouldn't it have different reference points and stuff it would however it would still like you're saying there would be like monkey k-pop and you know <laughs> monkey disco and um monkey fucking post-punk and fucking mo monkey uh, like stop stop with the, dis <laughs> the whole, stop making a list <laughs> like, imagine as humans monkeys also just made netflix like before like out of nowhere monkeys didn't know that they could speak suddenly the monkey delegation calls a press conference They're yeah. like, uh, we created uh you're welcome netflix <laughs> <laughs> you would be fucking shook man you would be like holy shit monkeys like and what i'm saying is we should be as appreciative and and awestruck by the idea that monkeys can make netflix as we are that we got to the fucking moon man well how do we know that there wasn't something before us that had netflix and we just haven't found the evidence what if dinosaurs are running around with dinosaur flicks or amoeba were smarter than we thought and they had like bacteria flicks well, science is against you. Amoebas are sing singular cell organisms, so no, they don't have the advancement. Singular well, cell maybe that's what they want you to think. <laughs> like, if I was a super hyper-intelligent species, what would I tell you? What would big science, what would I lie to you about? I'm a single cell. I, could, I can't have complex thoughts. What Fuck if amoebas you? are all up in our brains making us think that they're not a big deal, but they really are the biggest deal? Uh, I'm sure that's possible. I mean, well, all right, so tangential link, okay, from amoebas. Simulation theory. I'm sure you've heard about this. Our boy Elon, or Elon, if you will, he, he suggested this too, where he's like, we're in a simulation. Mm -hmm. uh, that, in fact, if you want to do quantum mechanics, right? Like, it's more likely that we're in a simulation than we're not in a simulation. And if that means something, I mean, you remember that old cartoon reboot? Do you remember that shit where it was like, it was, it was one of the first CGI. Okay. I'm shaking listen. my head. No, I don't. No, know. it was really interesting. It was a CGI commercial or a CGI cartoon that was made in Canada. And uh, the whole premise was like there was this purple cube that would come down in the middle of the city. And if you, you had to get inside the purple cube, it would put you inside of a game. And each city, right, which was just a part of the computer, some part of the memory, uh, there was a guardian. The guardian had to win the game. If you win the game, then your part of the computer was fine. Like the, the, the games would represent like computer viruses, basically. 
<clears throat> and so it's the whole point was that there was a civilization living inside of a computer that was sentient that had humanoids that were running around who had jobs there was fucking they met up at the coffee shop all the time okay so there was at least fucking like computer baristas and shit like that and the idea is simulation theory so the idea that they posit sir don't laugh let me finish the idea they posit is uh that we could be living in something thinking that we have free will or thinking that everything is predestined but either way we were inside of a simulation that there is a uh, omnipotent uh, can, can i just say something really quick sure. and I understand your sure. point sure. but like of the cultural scared of the <laughs> of the cultural <laughs> reference points that we have for living in a simulation and not knowing it you have the matrix and you have fucking reboot and you pick reboot <laughs> Reboot's better. Reboot's way better. It stuck to landing. There's three seasons. All three seasons are fucking fire, okay? If there wasn't that orgy fucking weird scene in the second movie, maybe I'd go Matrix. But, like, no, I refuse. Fuck you. Reboot is a better analog. Oh, so you're one of those people that says, oh, the sequels ruined the first one. No, the first one's fine on its own. It's great. It's a classic. It changed the game. What was the game? The game was... Um, simulation game. Whether we're simulation, in simulation game, yeah. Right, well, it popped, you know, if I can engage uh, with my larger point. You know, they had Morpheus, had Lawrence Fishburne running around being like, uh, we're batteries. And he's like, what? <laughs> the whole movie is Keanu <laughs> being unsure. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, until the very end. That's his character arc. He goes from being unsure to sure. Right. And then he gets shit done. To he his gets credit. a lot of shit done. He jumps inside of uh, Hugo Weaving. I feel like I don't understand the Matrix. Can we? Do you mind if we go through the Matrix a little bit? I would love to. I'm not an expert, but I feel yeah, like okay, I okay. It. Let me give you my drunken recollection, and you can just jump in whenever you think is fair. All right. So Keanu Reeves is a guy named Neo Anderson. Already against no. the name. What's his name? <laughs> Mr. Anderson. His name yeah, is Neo. His. <laughs> That's his fucking name. It's not his Christian name. He wasn't like fucking birthed Neo Anderson. He's John is sure? his, his simulation name. And then he takes the name Neo. That's his okay. hacker name so I'm on the internet. Origin stories. Okay. Yes. John Anderson makes more sense. All right, I'm fine. You've, this is good. This is why you got to fact check me because I'll go off on a whole rabbit hole of him being Neo Anderson. All right, so Neo, John Anderson rather, is a guy who's living his life every day starts to see a couple glitches in what he thinks is everyday life right mm -hmm. eventually he realizes that something is amiss when he realizes it agents come after him but before the agents can get him a mysterious stranger named morpheus jumps in and is like yo these fuckers are after you get out of there right am i right so far yeah he like uh, sends him um, uh, a cell phone in in the mail and he opens it up and he goes listen closely and he like talks about that's a big escaping. deal from 99 anyway just having a cell phone <laughs> like all right this guy must be legit i remember seeing that shit when i was a kid and i was like what the hell is this magical Fuck technology <laughs> he's so mobile <laughs> okay so 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 all right so he warns them and then he escapes kind of but not even really right he like tells him to get on a ledge and then the agent's like we got you anyway and then they put like a weird like alien sentinel baby inside of his belly button shit gets weird but my point is this like how does uh, how does he get Thomas away Anderson by the way I fucked oh, that up fucking John Anderson. still not Neo Anderson <laughs> either way it's slightly better than Neo Anderson <laughs> all right so what happens he gets caught by the they put that little thing in his belly how does he get waking up like that's the I don't remember anything about the matrix I mean, the specifics don't matter. We don't need to do a play-by-play -play here. But the point is, like, he, he, like, starts to get wise to the fact, like, he's contacted by these other hackers. Start, and they basically tell him that, like, his world isn't real. They ask him if he's willing to wake up. Will you take the red pill or the blue pill? And he takes the fucking pill and touches a mirror and some gunk gets on him. And then he wakes up in a fucking thing, a pod, and sees right. all these billions of other pods of all the people that are powering these machines and uh gets rescued by um old morpheus and crew i mean so that's how he wakes up and then the rest of the movie is him being in some because the thing is it's post-apocalyptic right that's the whole point that yeah, the simulation they're, they're is because subterranean Earth... yeah well, because Earth once, like, New York did exist, but then shit went awry, right? And yeah, so, so like, the, the history of the Matrix is, like, the AI developed, and um, they, like, became sentient and wanted to live peaceably beside humans. Humans wouldn't let them, got afraid, started fucking killing them in the streets. So the AI developed their own uh, fucking Israel, basically, its own Mecca. 
um, went to war with humanity at some point. Humanity blacked out the sun, um, like <laughs> because the AI or the robots or whatever were like solar powered, um, and the AI survived through that, wiped out the rest of humanity, and then uh, started growing people in tubes to uh, power themselves. Okay, so uh, my first of all, humans fucked up. It sounds like <laughs> I feel like yeah, it's all the it's all the people's fault. I mean, and you're telling me I have nothing to be worried about with this younger generation. <laughs> I feel like the Matrix was like uh, they they were that's uh, that's gonna be a Bible one day. The Matrix is gonna be the Bible for a generation a hundred years from now when machines have literally taken over and uh, we're all living in a weird shadow society of battery. And you look actually scared right now <laughs> because I'm scared. You're like <laughs> holding yourself. You're like they're gonna turn us into batteries. <laughs> well, this is the problem. I was trying to tell you with vodka. I mean, my esophageal flab aside, okay, like mm -hmm. which is just burnt in vodka at this point. It just like I get. I'm getting scared, man. Like that's. I'm really genuine like the matrix is supposed to be a fun zestful lark into the sci-fi realm and meanwhile yeah. i'm like cautionary tale man the yeah. wachowski siblings fucking came back in a time machine and they try to mm -hmm. warn us and no one's listening i mean so what should we do with that warning probably how do we better, stop it from happening probably make better sequels probably you know what i mean like that's <laughs> that was <laughs> see i'm asking you like an overarching what do we do about this this dystopian future and what and you're I'm saying answering is sequels better <laughs> sequels to the matrix if the sequels would have really doubled down on the message we would have already killed all that i worked at amazon for a bit man i remember i was i was a picker back in the day and i picked things and every now and then robots would come up to me bringing me products fuck that i would have killed them all with fire man if I was really listening to the matrix, because I think they're trying to tell you like the shit that you think is making your life more convenient will not make you more convenient. Let's make it more innocent, man. Let's think about Wally for a second. I bet you diabetes spiked when those Wally robots were going around. You know what I'm saying? Cause like, cause the alarms would go off and be like, do not move. Do not get out of your seat. Like, yeah, it's just fat, like hanging out on like hover pods and shit. I mean, the Wally universe is secretly terrifying and I really don't buy the ending of Wally. Right. When, like, all of the morbidly obese people, as in the entire remaining population of humanity, are able to stumble out of their chairs and walk around like they are racked with bed sores. Come right. on. But bed sores. They've never also, used their legs in their life and they're able to fucking walk on garbage island because well, one the, plant grew. Yeah, that's the, it's the gravity fucking aspect, right? You're in space for 100 days, you come back to Earth, you're. you're muscles are jello you're just like, like yeah except they've grown up and lived in space it shows entire generations of captains getting fatter and fatter they've right. never been on earth before they've been only in their chairs their their entire lives and they're able to walk they're not covered in bed sores right and they see one plant one fucking plant christian and they say earth is habitable now where's the oxygen coming from explain that movie to me it's bullshit pixar sucks whoa hot takes hot takes on wally man uh ratatouille was the last good pixar movie fight me <laughs> okay sorry it's okay hold on because like here's the thing that's that's something worth fighting i wouldn't throw that out there uh but the idea that people say that like that that, that you ask me why i'm worried about the younger generation okay uh -huh. it's because that's a it's thing because like, they're growing up with subpar pixar films no, it's because the fight me thing, man. <laughs> like the fucking. We like, solved the problem. Would you like to rewrite Wally's third act now? I I really like Wally, but it's just one of those movies that falls apart the more you yeah, think it's, about it. Yeah, it, it's good. It's just there's no truth in art, obviously. Well, <laughs> That's the problem with well, it. Well, I mean, but seriously, let, let, take a look at uh, Pixar's filmography here. Um, what was the last good Pixar movie? Like, great. Pixar movie. Inside Out was really great. Was it? I really loved it. Yeah, I did. Maybe I haven't watched it. I've only watched it once, but in the moment I cried like a little bitch. Did you watch it? Yeah. You didn't like it, huh? Wow. I really I was, loved it. I was lukewarm on it. Did you watch honest. Coco? I, I didn't see it, but everyone told me it was beautiful. I yeah. did not see Coco. I heard it was fucking fair. gorgeous. Yeah, man. And uh, and I hear that I someone specifically told me, Christian, don't watch it because you'll cry like a bitch. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> And I'm scared of that because Inside Out made me cry really hard at that one scene. It was manipulative as fuck. But like, yeah, I mean, I I also didn't like uh, Up that much. Oh, I, um, 
I think that that movie peaks 10 minutes in and then the rest of it's forgettable. Well, um, I, I would agree with you up until the point at the very end where he puts that fucking Ellie badge on the kid at the very end. And you're like, oh, yeah, that thing that was really emotional in the beginning of the movie has made the end of the movie and the rest of the movie emotional. <laughs> so maybe it's not a good look, but... Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know, you really talked me out of it. Maybe up is a piece of shit. Like, um, like Toy Story three uh, was good until you realize that it's literally a beat for beat remake of Toy Story two. Fine with it. <laughs> fine with it. Ratatouille is actually original and great, and no, I don't know if I agree with that. It's a rat who's going around cooking shit, man. I just the, the, anyone can cook except a rat. I hope we make ordinances against rats cooking shit and i realized wow. he was here you are pre- was preaching a- tolerance i'm worried about this new generation what's it gonna do for tolerance that's oh, a rat you can't cook because you're a rat you know what all right can we can we act out some shit do you mind all right so like the rats become sentient all right okay uh rat representative <laughs> you're i need you to be the rat representative this of is the a rat fucking people. train wreck by the way <laughs> i need you to be the rat representative i'll be the president of the united states I need all right you to uh, i need you to tell me all right like this is the first meeting of the people the cameras are on uh, we, let's pretend we live in a world where the 60s never really happened so that's the aesthetic of this meeting okay it's like what? Cuban missile crisis and shit. <laughs> can it just not be in the 1960s like what are we talking about why does that matter why are we talking aesthetics here <laughs> <laughs> because I want I want it to be the look of like you know when when uh, who was fucking around in the Cold War times? It wasn't Gorbachev. Who was the guy before Gorbachev? Uh, Khrushchev. Was that that Khrushchev? guy. Yeah. Okay. I want it to be like a him and uh, Lyndon B. Johnson or Nixon sort of deal. You know what I mean? Like point being, these the <laughs> uh, president and a ratter meet. <laughs> So fine, I'll be the rat, you be the president. Let's go. Let's do it. Oh, I need a full second. <laughs> because you're absolutely right. The <laughs> president and her rat are me. <laughs> oh, shit. I was just trying All to right. make the simple point that I think Ratatouille is great. And now a president and the rat are meeting and I have to make a case for intelligent rats? Like, what are we talking about? All right, so Pentagon, 1969. All right, sure. Why not? Uh, my advisor told me that you're a sentient rat, and I should listen to you. But I got to be honest, sir, you're still a rat, and I don't trust you. Why should I trust you? You're, um, you know, I'm a rat. I can talk. First of all, I'm intelligent. That's not um, a good reason so far. I speak. Do you gonna let me finish? Probably not. You gonna let me finish, you gigantic son of a bitch? All right, you're starting this meeting on the wrong foot. I'm the president of the free world. I have nukes. Yeah, and you insulted my whole species. Well, I just I, I, and, and I started it on the wrong foot. I how dare you, sir? You walk that back. I've, I and if I don't, <laughs> this is the shortest meeting ever. Um, if if you don't, there are a lot more of my people than there are of yours. Yeah, but uh, we're we're in your sewers. You're a we're fraction. We're in your vents. You're a fraction of our size. We're in your streets. It we spread diseases tw- faster. It takes 20 rats we to make crawl one up your man. pant legs. Think about all the pant legs that we could crawl up right now. All right, now. listen. I you- just need to give the order. <laughs> all right, listen. Maybe you're making a convincing point. I don't want to get into the- <laughs> I could crush you with an iron fist, but it would be a nuisance nonetheless. Like- can, can, can we start with a clean slate here? Hi, sure. my name is Rat Ratterson. And I represent rats. Jesus Christ. How are you? Rat, and your name is Rat Ratterson. Your species shows no imagination. I'm not going to go by my slave name. That's my, that's my given name. That's my chosen name. I'm a free rat. You have no imagination, but that's fine. It's neither here nor there. Uh, What can we do for you? We know that there's Um, a greater existential threat. Perhaps rat and man can coalesce into a, into a unified front. You know, uh, I know that the years of you being just a, a tall Lyndon B. Johnson have made you callous and um, forget your childhood. But I've made you a dish that'll bring you right back to your childhood and remind you that, uh, you know, uh, food is great and that anybody can cook. Here it that, is. That it's wasn't some in- lasagna, just like what your mom made. Okay, right. Eat we're it, talking, eat it, talking, Mr. President. No, hold on. We're talking about your inclusion to the Vietnam War. Why does culinary arts have anything to do with this? Wait, you're talking about war? I don't want to. What did you think we were talking about? You came in here. You asked me what I wanted. What I want is to be able to be a rat and cook in a kitchen. 
I listen, I, I want to pull on a guy's hair and use him like a puppet because I got tiny rat hands and I'm a genius cook. And you think that's enough to gain you sovereignty? I just want the right to not be fucking run out by the health inspectors. You're you carry diseases. Do you have anything to I, say about I, that? Test me right now, motherfucker. I don't have diseases. Sure, maybe you. Maybe you're one of the good ones. But what about the oh, others? Oh, one of, of the race? good ones. Excuse sure. me, sir. <laughs> I've got to make a phone call, and that phone call includes a lot of um, you know running up some pant legs in the future. Don't worry <laughs> about it, though. <laughs> Twenty it minutes totally later. won't you know ruin everyone in the country's day. 20 minutes right later, you, you've been on the phone with the ACLU. <laughs> you're, you're mounting a fucking uh, lawsuit against the it's United the States RCLU, government. sir. <laughs> Get your acronyms right, you fucking specious. 1971, Pentagon. All right, after two years of contentious litigation with the RCLU, mm-hmm. I am forced to recognize you as people. Here's the thing. There's still a war to fight. Uh, you're people. You can cook in restaurants. I need you. I need you and yours to go fight my war. Okay. Well, the great society. Are you gonna make state. some some you know like appropriate sized weapons for my little rat friends? You know, for little rat sized hands. I have. You to can't read. expect me to take an M sixteen and be able to you know operate it. I'm a rat. I'm a rat sized rat. Do you remember back in the beginning when this was contentious? When I threatened to stomp you out, you said that there was five of you for every one of me. All right. I expect yeah. that five of you can handle an M16. I mean, what's wrong with that? I mean, look, man, like I, I we, we can run up, you know, the Charlie's pant legs any given day. Like, we'll, we'll do that all day. But but operating a, a fucking weapon like that, that's a different ballgame. I didn't sign up for that. What did you, you are you a conscientious objector? Is there some rat religion that prevents I'm just you? expecting some amount of accommodations here. Like maybe, you know, like get tiny rat knives or like, you know, some But what are, what are what are those rat knives going to do? Like are, are you gonna put us through rat basic training or are we gonna be lumped in with everybody else? No, like, how's you're that savages already. I figure you know I'm how to sorry? weapons. I'm sorry. I've got to make a phone call. <laughs> 20 minutes later. <laughs> All right, your RCLU, they, they come down hard. An iron fist for sure. I, I didn't mean to call We've you got a excellent savage. lawyers. <laughs> Listen, what, what, I just want to know what school these fucking rat lawyers went to, number one. I mean, they're better than any of our human lawyers here in the U.S. government. And they went for uh, Ratford and Roxford <laughs> and um, Rail. All over, really. All the Ivy League schools. We just put <laughs> just put an R in front of anything. That's what we do. But we're better at it than you. That's the, the point. Ivy League schools. Mr. President, I object to you laughing at what we call our institutions. I'm we're, sorry. I, I didn't. We're laugh. a proud people, sir. Listen. We just want to cook lasagna in peace. <laughs> <laughs> at what cost i offer you an, an eternity okay in perpetuity, lasagna and perpetuity. so much as you go and you fight my wars with regular weapons sir because the idea of going in and creating smaller weapons yeah that what well, that's too big of a concept like i'm willing to go there and fight your war just give me tiny fucking rat-sized weapons it'll be mere toothpicks in charlie's legs sir then don't send us there <laughs> Then why? We're back at an impasse, sir. The fork in the road. Why ratify your rat nation? Ratify it. If not, you you win my wars, man. Did you really just make a rat joke just now? I, I'm just trying to fit in. I'm sorry. You do it all the time. You guys are really- No, those, those, that is done with complete sincerity. No, That's what listen, we call things. I, listen, I've read over the documents. Everyone from the RCLU just peppers in at least three or four rat puns per page. I mean, honestly, it's impressive. I've grown quite fond of them, and I just thought maybe I could show that i respect you in some nominal way by you know if if you want to show that you respect us then don't ask us to fight in a war that we can't win you know in order to be recognized as legitimate maybe just let us be that's true yeah i hear you okay so no tiny weapons no combat do you think maybe perhaps your species could serve as cook in our war feed our soldiers you know what i mean like i think i think maybe you alone could do this I hope that your soldiers like five-star gourmet meals, my friend, because I'm a fucking artist. You have uh, how many Richelin stars do you have? Got them all, baby. 
<laughs> I have all the Michelin stars. Got a box full of stars. Don't worry. All right, about scene. It. I'm done. Listen, you're the ego on this fucking rat really bothered <laughs> me, man. I gotta be I mean, he's speaking for what trillions of rats. I, you know. I, yeah, I'll give him that. He seems like a charismatic guy, but <laughs> <laughs> but the hubris of this fucking rat, man. He's got to work twice as hard to get half as much. Like, uh, yeah, we we Lord. set it off camera, but this may be either the worst or best episode we've ever done, and I don't I, really I, know I, which I'm one. Drunk. Is. I can't tell. We were talking about the Matrix for a minute. We got off of that real quick. <laughs> Started talking about Ratatouille, but not really. <laughs> right um rats proud of it yeah i mean like it's ours